What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough. Hey, the bat signals out, John. We've sent out the message. Our guy Bonafide hits with this track. If you think you got a better track, you know, it's an open competition. He, he shot me a DM. I don't think he liked that. And it's like, hey, you know, all fair's uh, love and war and business, right? It's just like, hey, everything's on the table. He yeah. didn't like that it was an open competition? Yeah, it's just that you know, he's first. I, there's nothing like being first, but we're open. I like <laughs> it. it. It adds a little juice. Bryce, we appreciate it, man. We love it. Yeah, we do. Thank no, you. No, we do. No, and uh, we hope everybody else is loving the fact that uh, they got music coming through at the beginning of the podcast to set it off. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to get this, you know what, lit. Keep it 100, guy. No cap. You ever hear no cap? No, I haven't heard no cap. What does that mean? I'm just taking off with the youth. I I think it can mean like seven different things. Uh, The one that that I heard recently uh, that I liked but didn't was sus. Yeah, I mean, these are are terms that are are, are big with, I think, the guys in their late teens, early 20s. I saw Deshaun Watson quote a tweet, I think, within the last month that was a no cap. For real, dog. Something like that. Gotcha. I think it means it's a like salary truth. cap. There's no, there's no ceiling. How much? Yeah. I've heard Kyler use it before. No I think cap. it's just a very popular term for people in their like 20 to 25. No cap. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll try it out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it'll stick with me, but I, listen, I'm all for <laughs> Trent it. I probably used to say things. When Trent Williams signs for 80 million guaranteed and I'll, I'll retweet it and go, no cap. <laughs> and you'll be like, no, there is a cap. That's the problem. <laughs> See, I like, he, you know, you could tell he's older. He just, he used barking up the wrong tree or barking yeah. up the right yeah, tree. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I follow right that mod. Yeah. I, I know where you're coming from there. Uh, guys, look, we got a mailbag. We'll do another mailbag. This has been going really well. You seem it's doing better every time we do it. A mailbag for Saturday. So we will do a mailbag for Saturday. If you want to get a question in on the mailbags, just leave us a review on iTunes. In that review, leave a question and uh, that'll be your mailbag question. We'll mix it in. We appreciate it. Yep. Also, we got uh, some separate YouTube content. Hey, Middlecoff, I think we did something on Trent Williams 
the other day. So go, go check that out. And uh, yeah, just fire into YouTube, Haber Middlecoff. Pretty easy to do. And check out our uh, content. Also, we put a lot of the podcast stuff up there as well. Recording this podcast on uh, you know Thursday afternoon, watching. I'll tell you what, man. The players do this thing is awesome. Not to dive yeah. into golf here. we got a lot of football to get to. But um, Kevin Na, I feel you. I, I, I threw it out there before when we were just kind of getting the show together. If I put $1,000 on the table and I gave Guy a month to practice, but not to play the course, and then he got one shot at the course, yeah, could he break 140? It's a great and question. And it sounded really high, and then we checked. Obviously, only like half the field's done as we're recording this. There were five guys that shot over 80, mm. and I think it's the tour pros are double the better guy but 140 is not 160 yeah i think you i think it'd be you'd be hard pressed do you think if um i think you're right my initial answer was yeah i could break 140 that was when i thought that i could practice on the course for a month and just any one of those rounds could be under 140 but you're saying i get to just dial in for a month and then I go, and it's like this is this is it. There's no breakfast balls. There's- Maybe give you, yeah, it would none of that. But I might give you. A, it would probably be fair to give you one practice round of the course. Maybe the or problem is, I balls. hitting greens doesn't guarantee anything, and I don't really hit greens. You'd be in the you'd be in the drink a lot as well. A lot of water. Did you say there's water on 17 of these holes? I I, I saw it. I, I heard someone say 17 or 16 of the holes. Just watching the coverage, it feels like every fucking hole's got water because they're all interlinked. There's lakes. This so course Florida, is awesome. one thing, Florida golf is big on lakes. They got a lot of lakes. I think the California's California's the golf is big on trees yep. just because we have a lot of trees out here. Mm-hmm. They're big on lakes. Which is I cool. Mean, the rough, the first it, cut of the rough just looks like artificial turf, like really short artificial turf, which the yeah, Raiders don't play on, by the way. They play on real grass. See, it's hard. You know, I, I do think we get a pass. This first year, empty place. Even Mark Davis wasn't attending. There are just some question marks with that place <laughs> that we can't fully answer. So when Richard like Sherman's playing for the Raiders, it'll be on natural grass. Does SoFi, like, I don't know the answer. I assume LA has turf, but if you told me I think it's artificial. That's okay. my, in my, in my head, in my mind's eye, that's what I see, but. Yeah. You're talking about the Ram Stadium or the Chargers Stadium? I'm talking. About, <laughs> uh, no one, though, will ever top the grass problem that Jed had once upon a time. Like, he had a problem. It's a big recovery they made over there at Levi's. (laughs) Because it wasn't just like, oh, yeah. It was kickers slipping, divots that were the size of, like, Mickelson with a sand. It was crazy. It was Harbaugh taking his team off the field for a practice when they had a bunch of uh, season ticket holders, sweet holders, whatever there. Yeah, and it wasn't, like, fake outrage. It was legitimately, like, kind of unsafe, right? Every game they played, it was a story. Yeah. And then didn't you tell me that someone told you the underrated part about NFL teams when it comes to turf. Like if the highest price turf for a stadium is like a million dollars, there are levels like a car, yeah, right? You can yeah. get the fully loaded, but you could also get the cheap. The equivalent of what most NFL teams do is they don't get the fully loaded Benz. They get a Benz or a BMW, but they get the one at half price because it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. That's right. what they do with the turf. Yes. That's what a guy who knows turf told me. That's that insane. College, that a lot of high school stadiums actually have better turf than the NFL teams put in. It was back when the Niners, it, it was when the MetLife situation was happening. And it was like, can the Niners really play at the stadium? We're like, well, I mean, it's got to be the best turf there is. And the guy hit me up. We started going back and forth. He's like, it is not, I promise you, it is not the best turf that exists. That's fucking insane. It is. It is. <laughs> that, that to me, when you're talking about nominal for their business, 
it's can't. I mean, the difference between like a five hundred thousand dollar line item for them. You know, it'd be one thing it's, if like the nicest turf was a hundred million dollars and they bought a fifty million. I'd be yeah. like, okay, I kind of get especially it. Especially if it's what turf it's a, safety a million issue. bucks. Yeah, well, especially if it's a safety issue. Now you are putting your. Let's just look at it like coldly, like oh, they're not players; they're investments. Even in that instance, you're putting your investments at risk. Forget about humans. You're putting humans at risk is what you're really doing. But even if you're only looking at it from a financial standpoint, don't you potentially make the money back if your best players don't get hurt? Well, if you told if you told me, and I, I would assume, and they'd be I, like, "Nah, actually, the season tickets are already sold." Well, let's say that AT and T Jerry's Palace is not the best. I'd be like, Jerry, you just gave Zeke, Amari, and now Dak a combined shitload of money, and those guys all cutting, moving. And you're you're cutting, and I don't know if he is. I, I don't know. I did, yeah, that's a good question. But it's like that is pretty nuts. I think the, I think the problem with like MetLife is like that's their cost. That's their cost. The Jets and the Giants are just pointing at each other. Right. Remember, like the A's and the Raiders used to have like the stupidest. I mean, it was t- fifty times dumber than anything the Jets and the Giants have ever gone through. Like they paid for the thing. No, we're not doing this. It was like you guys are like little kids. <laughs> you guys are meant for each other. Really, it's just like all HOAs, you know, when it's not really your home and truly your home. What's funny the, is uh, I actually, for the fir- before, before we get into the world of uh, Deportes, there was like probably when I first moved here, within the first five months, I had missed an HOA payment. And because I didn't realize quite like, you know, it's like, oh, it's just, I'll just double back down or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they give you late fees and eventually my late fees because over like and then I just refused. And a couple years ago, I tried. I'm like, listen, can I just get these thrown out or whatever? I tried to bargain with them. They wouldn't budge. And I looked like last month and it was like, you know, I have my HOA fees are basically four hundred dollars. My monthly bill is over eleven hundred dollars. So I have like seven hundred dollars worth of late fees and just bullshit over the years. Yeah. And it's like, this is insane. Yeah. And they're never going to let it go. So I finally have just come to grips with, maybe I just need to start paying it. Like, I'm not going to give you $700 extra at one point, not because I can't out of principle, but maybe it makes sense to just add a hundred. Like, I just want this to go away. Right. Because these motherfuckers, are these people that live there, one. these are other people that live there too, right? These are just other people. Or is there like a, no, there's like, there's like HOA is usually managed by a third party, Right, so they represent gotcha. all the people. So, uh huh. But but the person in charge is not a member of the community. Well, I, I think yeah. There's a board of directors which is represented by someone who lives here. But ultimately, I don't know how much pull people with listening might know more about this. I I've always dealt with people at the management company that either say yay or nay to yeah, something. Gotcha. Maybe you should run for office. You know, make some make some meaningful change there. Yeah, I, I thought about that for about your 10 first seconds. act. Your first act could be to wipe out your own fines, and there'd be like a whole trial and a hearing. Like John Middlecoff only took this job so he could wipe out his own late fees. Because I've always thought, like, if I sold this place one day, could I just <laughs> pass it on? The other person get it? Probably. <laughs> it's just one of those things. God, it just pisses you off. Uh, all right, John. Podcast brought to you by mybookie.ag promo code ham one. Mybookie.ag promo code ham one. Uh, if you use the promo code HAM1, they'll match your first deposit 50%. Remember, if you accept the bonus, you do have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw your funds. You can also decline the bonus. But either way, use the promo code HAM1. Let them know that we sent you. Where do you want to start with uh, some stuff at my bookie real quick here? Well, I we, we were looking at some draft props. You can mm. get Justin Fields right now to go number three, two to one. 
you get Zach Wilson to go number two right now, two to one. We have a ton of March Madness going on right now. I mean, we're going to have the bracket within Sunday night, right? Is it Sunday night that it comes out? Yeah. So we'll have it Sunday night. No, the March Madness. Selection Sunday, yeah. Selection Sunday. Uh, you can live bet golf. I, mean, I heard I, I a team, se- by the way, uh, Liberty. Word on the street. Liberty, apparently, would be a good long shot team. Apparently, they're okay. good. Okay, so maybe hammer them on like Thursday and Saturday, you know, if they just get to the Sweet 16. Now, the guy like that the told me Liberty, now that I think about it, the two things he felt best about yesterday, he got very wrong. So, but anyway. Yeah. I, you know, that happens. You know, it's the thing with gambling. Like the, the geniuses. I said Finau was going to win this week. So I yeah. got that wrong. So I, I've watched Fortinbaugh's Daily Wager show before and listened to a couple things and they got everything wrong. So no one knows anything. Guy had put money on Kevin Na, he withdrew. So the one thing with golf, That's I will say this. I made, I turned $100 into seven last week. Picking winners is really hard, obviously, before the tournament. I actually think you get pretty good value come Saturday when you just like, you know, Justin Thomas is with two of the lead, right? And you can take a get a really good player somewhere between five and ten to one. And you're just like, I like my chances because the guy's in the tournament. That to me is an undervalued place to live bet to just have a shot. Uh, yeah. Cause live betting like a sport like a basketball or football game, things can change change so fast right like a fumble a guy get hurt like in golf if you got a guy in the mix on the weekend who's good you'd feel like you have a shot if the odds are like five to one you know a top player i'm just looking at uh, some of these other uh you can get justin fields who will get drafted first justin fields or zach wilson zach wilson's minus 600 fields is plus 400 what if I would have told you that in like uh, October? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. But a hundred pays four hundred, or you know, I we don't have to go. You don't have to go that big. Twenty pays eighty on if Justin Fields, the second quarterback drafted. But which I would say, as we sit here right now, is not out of the realm of possibility. No, but those he, odds he, make me think that what what the common chatter is is the real life uh, buzz yeah. too. It feels like the bookies who set the lines they kind of get distributed through all the sites. The main ones clearly just like know every GM and every agent in all of sports. <laughs> like how do they? How do they have so much information? Yeah, and Mel. Are they calling Mel? Are they calling Mel Kiper Jr.? They must be doing something. I mean, people talk. Yes, they do. People talk. Uh, yeah. So that's all. Co- You're right, though. I mean, the NCAA tournament. That's is here we go. This is right in the wheelhouse, baby. Mybookie.ag promo code ham one gamble. Do it now. Mel Kuyper was on the podcast this week, John, and uh, he talked about a lot. One of the things he talked about, one of the guys he talked about was Trey Lance, whose pro day is Friday, not going to run a 40. He's doing it at school, 27 teams, I think, in attendance. And a few of the headlines from what uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. told us about Trey Lance, he said he's the most fascinating prospect he's ever evaluated, going back to the 70s. Most fascinating prospect he's ever evaluated. He said 12 is, he thinks, as low as he could drop. He doesn't think Trey Lance would fall beyond the 12th pick, which, of course, the Niners have that pick right now. And he had his order finalized of the top three guys, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. He still hasn't decided yet who's his fourth quarterback between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Maybe he'll decide Friday. I don't know. But anyway, those I just we talked for about five minutes about Trey Lance on that podcast. So there's kind of a... What do you think you about just, you? You just pulled a David Kelly and dropped the Niners' pick as twelve right now. That's right. I did. I did pull David <laughs> Kelly. Uh, Sean Watson is their quarterback right now. 
Well, why is he that? Well, because he, that's where he is. And then the other kind of overarching thing he said was he thinks he's a developmental pro. He doesn't prospect. He doesn't think Trey Lance is a starting quarterback in the NFL this year. So there's a lot. What stands out to you about all that? Yeah, to me, he just, we, in the draft, you know, having been in these meetings, still talk to these guys, they always use previous picks. And Mel is great because he talks just like a scout, just like a college director. And he just bases things. He's unique because he can go back to the 70s, but he's good despite being an older guy that knows the league. He just sticks to like recent memory. Like he'll just, Herbert, Allen, guys that are just on the top of everyone's head. Well, think about last year. We had three quarterbacks, all became starters. And the only reason Tua didn't start immediately because he was injured. If Tua had been healthy, he would have been a starter day one. Three guys, top six, starters. Obviously, took one guy to get a punctured lung, but Herbert, best thing that ever happened to the Chargers was that punctured lung. Thank God Tyrod's okay. Then there was another guy that went in the late 20s who was physically really gifted, who has more quote-unquote physical tools than Tua. He can run, he's got a huge arm, but he's just a major project. What happened to him? Went in the late 20s. Couldn't win a backup job. When I see uh, now Trey Lance more accomplished given his one year was successful, where Jordan loves, remember his stats actually had a lot of parallels to like Josh Allen. It was like, God, he wasn't accurate. It didn't go well. But he was similar in that the year prior, like his second year was better than his third year, right? Jordan love. Yeah. But, but he went in the late twenties and what happened to him? He wasn't even a backup quarterback this year. Tim Boyle, who I would imagine most people watching or listening to this could not point out of a lineup. Tim Boyle. He was the backup quarterback for the best team in the NFC. Jordan Love, remember there were reports in training camp, he like was skipping balls. It didn't get any better. He's not, because that's what a project is. When we were growing up, projects were normal. I would say they're not very normal right now. And the Packers took a lot of shit for that. So from what I've heard, people have problems with his release. It's a little hitchy, but he's like physically gifted, like Jordan Love. Under no circumstances in today's modern game, to me, can you take a project in the top 15. This guy reads like a late 20s, early 30s type pick. Like that's, we were talking right before we, uh, you know, we started talking about this and you said, would you be shocked if Mac Jones went ahead of Trey Lance? And I said, no, not at all. Because Mac Jones, now I don't know how high the ceiling is. I think we all agree it's not as high as the physical freaks, but he could start right now. Like he can play right now. Trey Lance under no circumstances in, in, I think in NFL circles. And I think Mel kind of, uh, you know, is reiterating what I think a lot of people think in the league can't. So I, how could you take a guy in the top? You agree taking a guy in the top 12 that is not your backup quarterback year one, you would get a ton of shit for. And and rightfully so. Yeah, That's crazy, guy. Especially if, you know, the, the Packers were in a unique spot. Now, I think everybody reacting that day thought they should have drafted a player that would help Aaron Rodgers. But they were in a position where they were not drafting 12 like the 49ers drafting 12 or wherever they're drafting, they need somebody that helps them right now because their team is turning over in a way. Now, you could argue the Packers did too, but the Packers were at a point, right, where kind of the deal was like, well, they don't have anybody that they really have on their board as a first rounder. So they'll just, they'll take this quarterback because they think he's potentially the best value there. Did trade up to get him. They did trade up to get him. But, you know, Mahomes, Mahomes sat a year, but. Would we call Mahomes a project? I mean, I don't know. It's he was to... the, he was the backup quarterback, though. He was the backup quarterback. He threw ninety three touchdowns in college. He was a sixty six percent passer. His third year, he was a two year starter in the Big Twelve. 
Um, he was an NFL quarterback, right? Like he was an NFL quarterback. There wasn't much debate about it. So uh, I'm with you. I don't think you could draft a project, a guy that's two years away. Because when you say developmental, that doesn't feel like one year away. That feel because it doesn't feel like Jordan Love's one year away. Was well, Jordan Love um, a lock to be the backup quarterback this year? I mean, there'll be a lot of shit if he's not, but I, I wouldn't say he's a lock. And if he's not, I I don't know how you could be yeah, confident a, that he'd ever become a starting quarterback. Uh, um, the Niners could not do that. To this me, is coming at a option. time. To your point, you said it. Mel said it when we talked to him. No, you're right. The Niners couldn't do that. If they now, if if the Niners look at him and, and Kyle Shanahan thinks I can get this guy ready to play as my starting quarterback this year, then it's a different conversation. You might be wrong about it, but that that to me is different. Like if that's how you view him. But if you if like the st- to me, the Steelers, because Ben's now coming back a lock, would make some sense. The, if you told me Tampa took him at 32, like I could understand that. Like that's something where it's just like, yeah, he could easily be the third stringer. No but one Tampa would even also, care. You would argue like we're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. You got Ben. Why well, not? But, they, but they've nailed so many picks or bringing all these guys back. They do I, nail I, picks. You know, Brady. That's true. You could get you could get the guy around Brady. I actually think they make the most sense if you liked them. But I, I think to go back to your point and Mel's point that developmental quarterback is kind of an older phrase and an older way to think of guys. And it's because it has – we see the evidence, right? It's easier to come into the league and play right away because you're more likely to walk into an offense that either A, does what you did in college or B, is willing to change what it does for you. Pro style doesn't – pro style is a million things now if we really define it by what the pros do, right? Yeah. The amount that is on your plate as a rookie quarterback, A, is different than it used to be. And B, your coach might be willing to adjust, just like Kyle Shanahan adjusted his offense for RG3. We talk about that all the time. So You know what pro style really, in my mind, always met was like quarterback under center, yeah. fullback, running back. Most right. teams don't have a fullback. Ask right. Kyle Juszczyk, like, how many teams are calling you? He's like, well, only half the league even uses me. Yeah. <laughs> right? But luckily for him, he's not a traditional fullback, right? Yeah. He's, an, he's an OW. But, like the yeah. Lorenzo Neals, you know, don't really exist. But doesn't it also, don't you also think of it as ter- in terms of what the responsibility of the quarterback is in terms of a lot? Like the quarterback has to decide a lot, read a lot, react to a lot, make a yeah, lot no of quick decisions. Yeah, no looking at the sideline. Yeah, no clapping. <laughs> um, yeah. God, I hate the clapping and the looking but to the sideline. But huge part, under, under, usually under center incorporates a lot of pointing stuff out not looking over the side being it feels like when shotgun you look over there you're like a they're like an extension of you yeah but you get the little thing in your ear now too right they can talk to you well, I, I also think when i always think pro style i just thought anti-spread and the spread now is just a huge part of the nfl the nfl is a spread it out game because of the rules yeah now, I, now here's the deal. His pro day's Friday. I don't know that anything you've been to these things. Do they dramatically change anyone's opinion about anything? Remember Johnny Menzel's greatest pro day ever? Well, was he 53 of 53 or 52 of 53? Well, part of it was he came out in helmets and shoulder pads. Oh, that's right. Sweet. That's right. It was sweet. <laughs> it was. He cool. did have a great pro day. I think pro uh, days are really stupid. I, I think they're dumb, except this year. Because the, the combine, you at least want to see the guy move around. The GMs, get to see the guy run a 40. I'd say this year is probably the least stupid of all the stupid years. Well, stupid every year. (laughs) Stupid is a stupid. If the league views Trey Lance the way Mel just described him, then then it would be insane uh, if you viewed him that way to draft him 12. But again, you may not. Kyle might or somebody else might view him and say, no, we can. 
I can make this work. And then in year two, it, it will be a development, but we can protect them enough that we'll develop as we go and, um, you know, play them right away. I mean, on the wrong team, if Justin Herbert couldn't play right away, Justin Herbert played start was the four year yeah, start at University of Oregon. Yeah, that that's Anthony Lynn's not good at his job. Right, but I mean, what I'm I, saying I is, say but what I'm saying is, if, but there are if if you approach it that way with that mindset, like this guy's not going to play right away, um, some teams might See, just approach the, it no I, matter what. Yeah, but I think the way this guy's getting talked about is like he would struggle to win your backup job. Yeah, the way Mel described him. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying Justin Herbert, you, like to me, Justin Herbert's the two was like they're so much better than the backup. Like, is this guy skipping balls like Jordan Love and this guy just needs some help? That'd be the question mark. It's hard to like know. Mel he said, played like, one game. A, this year. a large percentage but a large percentage of his games, he's in the fifties. I know he's a lower but, level comp. But if I'm Trey Lance's sponsor, I would say, Oh, guys, he's so much better than twenty nineteen now. He's made he, that's a year and a half ago. He's made great improvements since then. And I'd be like, Yeah, he played in one game. I, and it didn't go well. I mean, who doesn't have a bad game? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence had a bunch get, of bad. Trevor Lawrence had a bad. Yeah, no, well, I know. But when you only get one bite at the apple, and it's a you bite the middle of the pit, you know it sucks. It's a big bite. Yeah, it is. There's already been some bites. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, I. Uh... I'll be interested to see what the buzz... You can tell. Don't you think you can kind of tell something? You take what Mel said. We watch the way the Zach Wilson buzz is built. You're right. After thinking about it and talking about it, I would not be surprised if Mac Jones ends up as QB4 and Trey Lance as QB5. Yeah, I think Trey Lance... I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see Trey Lance make it to the second round. As crazy as that sounds. I also think Tampa would, would have to seriously consider it. That makes sense if you're Tampa. Because Tampa's roster on paper with all the guys coming back is ready to win a Super Bowl. That was the difference with the Tampa's views themselves like we're gonna we're gonna win it again. Green Bay needed the piece to get over the yeah, that's hump, true. and they did it. It was like, yeah. what are you guys doing? And then it turns out like I remember watching T. Higgins. I'm like, this guy's good. Some of the other guys, it's like all of them. The ni- the Niners jumped them to go get Ayuk. Why didn't you guys go get Ayuk? It was a disaster. Because if you put Ayuk with Devonte and that team, maybe that's the difference of them being in the Super Bowl. Right, they yeah. lost thirty-one to twenty-six. If memory serves me correct, if they don't win a championship with Rodgers again, it doesn't feel like it feels like last year was their shot. And if Jordan Love doesn't become Aaron Rodgers two which was Brett Favre two then it's one of the worst picks we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's a disaster. One year in, I'd give it an F. <laughs> All right, Middlecoff, you know, once upon a time, we were uh, a little confused by how many comp picks the Niners got. Turns out it wasn't just us. <laughs> NFL got it wrong uh, on Thursday. But uh, now that it's been corrected, we know the Niners have a first, a second, a third. The third's pick 102. It's a comp pick. A fourth. Three fives, because they also got yeah. a fifth-round comp. A six. Two sevens. One of the sevens is uh, from the Jets. To me, the... Uh getting the extra third was pretty eye-opening because it was like, damn, they got four picks in the top 103. You know, that, that ammo the was The incorrect extra third, you're saying. Yeah, the incorrect. Because it just, when the NFL tweeted it out, why would, obviously everyone believed them. And then when it was like, when I saw Barrows, it's like, you know, there's been a mistake. My take is like, they do they can do take backs? Like, someone's like, trade that pick before they take it back. <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, and you're right. It goes back to the confusion of, if you have multiple minority hires, you don't get to double dip. 
uh, you just get one. You don't get to have like four total picks. I think they gave you three. Was it? I, I'm still confused. I have to look back. We haven't talked about it in a little while. But the key was they didn't get two this year. Yeah. They were right. They only got the one. Even though they had Martin Mayhew is now the GM and Robert Sala is now the head coach. I think the way most of us thought about it was like they were going to get two picks. That's not the case. Even though this intern that probably set it up thought it was the case as well. And uh, clearly his superior saw it. Who knows? Maybe the Niners. Maybe I mean, the person not. that corrected us on YouTube like five months ago or three months yeah. ago when we said it was the one that sent them a message. But listen, I, I've been a part of these drafts. I, me personally, I, and I know like George Kittle came from the fifth, then Tom Brady came from the sixth, and Richard Sherman came from the fifth. I get it. I, I just I pay no attention to the third day until guys get in the league and make a make a name for themselves. Just it, the importance of your first, second, and third round pick. And for the Niners specifically, I think what's pick, is it 43? Do you have Correct. it in front of you? Like pick 12 and 43, whatever they do with those two is just, I mean, it could be franchise altering because of the impact level players, if you do it right, right? Like if if Kinlaw and Ayuk become Pro Bowl level players, like that's just, that's where the power is. Like they're the top prospects and that's what I value. Now, once the season starts and those guys start making plays and George Kittle becomes George Kittle, then I open up. But at this job... I, I, I'm sorry, I don't give a flying fuck about 5th, 6th, and 7th rounders until they prove they can play. Because as we see all the time, like undrafted free agents beat those guys out. And no one talks about an undrafted free agent, but it's like, you and I will talk about whenever the draft happens. Juwan Jennings. Yeah, it's like there's a decent chance Juwan Jennings never plays a snap, which is fine. But like the, the guys that are, we know, the one thing you know with 1st and 2nd round picks, they don't just play, they start, right? Now, that doesn't mean they're going to be good, but we're talking about them from the jump because they're going to play. And I, I just think that, like, that's where my mind is really with the Niners and any team. It's like, who do you draft early on? And then once those guys prove, like, Jason Kelsey was a six-round pick. Well, yeah, he's going to go in the Eagles Hall of Fame. But at the time he was picked, people were like, God, you drafted a 280-pound center? Well, right. Then he proved himself. Yeah, well, you know, I, had, I, I was going back and forth for a few days of, uh, a while back with a buddy – uh, I don't know if you saw Matt Barrows wrote a piece about Davis Mills in the Athletic, basically called quarterback him like, no one knew or the something. best quarterback no one's talking about, right? Yeah. And um, you know I've said it many times, but I won't. But basically, David Shaw told us last year that he thought it was going to be Davis Mills's last season in 2020, and then he'd be a pro. I think he thought he was going to be a first rounder. Daniel Jeremiah told Albert Breer last a year ago, basically, uh, Davis Mills Keep will be the quarterback yeah. that'll become a first rounder that no one's talking about. So here we are. He didn't really get to play various reasons. He wasn't hurt this year, but he hasn't played much, has not played much, and has had a couple injuries as well. And the debate I was having, I was like, God, this guy, he's been four years now in college. He's had a couple injuries. He just needs to turn pro. Didn't the first game of the year he got corona and wasn't even allowed to play? Yeah, Was he did not have corona, but he got COVID false positive out of the game. And then he didn't get cleared for the week two game until Thursday night. So we didn't practice. So he he only practice. had one day of practice for their week two game against Colorado. Started pretty shitty, but then actually was really good in the second half. Yeah. And um, the debate I was having was, hey, I think he should turn pro. And the guy I was talking to was like, no, the problem is if you turn pro and you're a fourth round quarterback, 
you which do you probably not will be. get the same opportunities to stick on your team as you do if you come back and you're a first rounder. So if you're a first rounder, your chances of succeeding in the NFL are so much better because the team doesn't move off of you after a year. The team is kind of it, not kind of they are dedicated. They are even if you're a second rounder, they are tied to you. They give you every chance. They give you every break opportunities you don't deserve. They will give them to you because of where they drafted you. And it sets up your opportunity to success so much better if you are picked high. You're also leaving something out that plays to that argument as well. Once you get cut as a first or second rounder, or even people look to trade, you know, that team might trade you, you have more value than a guy that's a fifth or sixth rounder. This just because somebody else had you graded that high too. We'll we'll talk about Nikhil Harry late coming up. Part of where if Nikhil Harry had been a six round pick, he has no trade value. None. He would just get cut. Right. But he's a first round pick. So if they want to trade him, people are going to trade for him. So he's right on Davis Mills. Now it's different when you've been injured and you've been in college for a while. But he is right. Like you get drafted in the fifth round pick, your leverage in the league, they're not invested in you. Because what do I invest in you? Well, how much money do I pay? Right. Obviously, there's a reason that you hear the way baseball people have always talked, like how hard it is to work up in the minors. Well, when you're a first, when you're Hunter Bishop, you're just going to get more looks than the 20th round guy. No different in football. Like early on, I bet people knew, for example, like Josh Garnett wasn't that good for the Niners. Like, God, this guy's kind of a scrub. What happened? You just keep making, you want it to to work because it's a reflection of you too. And you pay, yeah, reflection of you. You used a lot of draft capital on it. When it's not your guy, think about when a new GM comes in. It's like, well, it's not his guy. Well, think about it just like in a simple form. If you have $1,000 in your savings account, and just look at the draft capital like a savings account. Every year, you know, it depends how much money you have in that account. But for the Niners, let's say they have $1,000. The 12th pick or the second round pick 43, I'd say combined would be the equivalent of like $700 at the time of the purchase. Now, it doesn't mean that those guys are going to work. But that you are allocating so many resources to those guys. If you Whatever you pay for $700, if you have $1,000... Like you're not just gonna throw that thing in the trash fast, but if you use five dollars on something and it doesn't work for you right away, it's easy to throw in the trash. It's that's just you just have to look at it very simply. That's why I always say the draft is an economic exercise. Like it's not you're trying to get the best players, but you're also trying to get the best players at the right time for the right value. Because if I think that Javon Kinlaw is gonna be a star, but if I know I can get him at 14, I don't need to trade up to get him at eight. It behooves me to get him at 14, not at 8, if I can maneuver my way there, right, from 13. And that, that's the whole point of this whole thing. Like, the reason Gruden takes so much shit about Cleveland Farrell is he took him at 4, right? If he had got Cleveland Farrell, traded back, and got him in the 20s, so like, people would be more open-minded with same that. Same on Solomon so Thomas. Think, yeah, same with Ruben. Yeah, same with Solomon Thomas. Same with Ruben Foster. You trade back in, this is a disaster. Your draft status changes kind of your life. It really does. until you prove like once you get to, like Richard Sherman, you just shake being a fifth round pick once you become an all pro for a couple times. Right. I mean, once you establish a great player, that pick is irrelevant. But when you're kind of waffling or like the reason Jordan Love is going to get we were just talking like, can he beat out Tim Boyle? Here's what I do know. Jordan Love's going to get every opportunity known to humanly possible OTAs and then training camp. To he beat might beat him out and right? not deserve it if it's close. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me, like if they think he's done all the right things and worked really hard, if he just starts with the twos and then has to like lose his way, right? If they think like, you know, he wasn't good enough last year, but he maximizes a great guy. People like him, right? They just give him the spot. 
But if Jordan Love had been Jordan Love the sixth rounder, that wouldn't happen. Tim Boyle would just keep the, taking the reps, right? Yep. yep. Kind of a... I, I do think when you see... Now, Brady's the extreme example. I think when guys cry about that and stuff, because it is a big thing to have, right? Where you're picked. Remember, Brady started as the fourth quarterback. Like, it does just... You're either fighting an uphill battle or you're kind of starting on third base. Right. Yep. And a lot of guys deserve to start on third base, right? Like, Nick Bosa deserved to be rounded home, right? I mean, so, a lot of guys in this class, Panay Sewell, Trevor Lawrence, well, Jamar yeah, Chase. Also, like, if Nick Bosa had, for whatever reason, been a fifth-round pick, he would have become – he would have moved up the depth chart very quickly, right? Yeah. Max Crosby is a good example, right? Yeah. Max, fourth-round pick. It's That's like, a good God, example. good. That is a good example. Yep. You can earn it fast, but it is like – a but little from the baseball analogy in any way. Yeah, I'd say the I say the baseball analogy, it's not only not given to you, you do have to luck into like that position group is just kind of shitty so they kind of forced to give you playing time. Like if you're on a good team, even if you're better than some of the good guys, you might just not get they might just put you on the practice squad and you're thinking like, god, I'm better than like three of these guys. That's always the thing when you watch Hard Knocks is you realize it's not that everyone gets a chance and then after everyone has each had 100 snaps, we determine who had the best 100 snaps. It's John gets 100 snaps, and I get three snaps. It's like, well, uh, you didn't make enough out of your three snaps. <laughs> well, football, right? I, I, it is a meritocracy, but it's not a, it's not judged on a pure meritocracy where everyone gets the equal number of looks. Because financially, no business would not give more looks to the guy they're paying 50 times more than the next guy, right? It, it does make sense, even if it's not fair. Where, where you get screwed, I think is when that draft status keeps giving you looks like you're three. It's like, what are we doing? Like Daniel Jones. Let's say Daniel Jones just stinks this year. Like by about week six, seven, you can justify benching him. But I think a lot of people in the in former NFL players, probably coaches would say he's probably going to get every single game this year no matter what because right. they use a six overall pick on him, right? Right, right. And, 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 I, and if I was going to be unbiased, I'd say it's probably that you need to just – know for certain this guy isn't a starting quarterback, right? Yeah, yeah. Part of drafting him that high is you think there's a lot there, and so you give it time to make sure that you're wrong. It makes sense to give it time to make sure that you're wrong because the last thing you can have happen is the only thing worse than Daniel Jones sucking is Daniel Jones sucking for you and then being good for somebody else. Yeah. Now, the Bucks and Cardinals weren't all that worried about it when it came to Josh Rosen. No. Or the Dolphins. Or thank you. Forgot about them. John, let's tell the people about American Giant. American-Giant.com. Get 15% off. 15% off when you use the code HAM. T-shirts, hoodies, pants, sweats, whatever you need. American-Giant.com. Promo code HAM. Yep. Promo code HAM. American-Giant. Here's the key, guy. Think about in 2020, how in 2021, I guess we're in. How difficult it is to find American-made, the American working man, uh, the supply chain, and women. 100% American giant, all in America. You you can't find that in 2021. It doesn't exist. I've looked. Look around your desk, look around your house, and you're not going to be able to find it. Well, that's where American Giant comes in. You want to support this podcast? You want to support a local? You want to support American? They got you covered. I have multiple V-necks. We both got hoodies, sweatpants. Can't recommend this stuff enough, guy. Love me some American Giant. Uh, originally based based in San Francisco, but they're all over the place. I was watching a Netflix uh, 
stand up from like, I don't even remember who it was. Maybe it was Michael Che or something from three, four years ago. He was wearing an American giant hoodie. Oh. Mega corporations turn out cheap clothing, prioritize profits, leaving the working people behind, hollowing out oh. communities, filling junkyards with just the crappy products. Not oh. American giant. Like John said, choosing American giant means supporting a supply chain. That's 100% in the USA. I got the t-shirts. I got the hoodies. I like the slub tee. I went with the uh, like the iron gray hoodie. Um, I know you went with the black hoodie and several V-necks. Yeah, which is which is what skinny it's what skinny people do. <laughs> and uh, uh, so here's the key: you get fifteen percent off your first order when you use the promo code ham. Fifteen percent off promo code ham at American Dash. It's a straight line. Giant.com. 15% off when you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, at American-Giant.com. Okay, we've been talking a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of trades. We talked about if the Niners would be interested in trading Jimmy Garoppolo first to find Gilmore. And at the end of that conversation, this was uh, several days ago, you said, what about Nikhil Harry? Do you want Nikhil Harry? Well, Mike Garofolo wrote on Wednesday, tweeted, said somewhere, all of it, that teams are calling about Mike uh, not about Mike Garofolo, about Nikhil Harry, uh, who's got two years left on his contract, John. Uh, both years under $2 million. Would you find, we got, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo still on the Niners as of uh, as of today. Would you find some use for Nikhil Harry in a trade? I tell you right now, I, I can see a package guy. Jimmy, a th- the third, Nikhil, Stephon Gilmore, we'd go big. We could also Edelman, just go... Put Edelman in. <laughs> We could just go a flyer. Yeah, just get Edelman back to the Bay. Just bring him out here. Even if he, he plays a Richard Sherman role, just come hang out. Uh, here's the key, though, guy, is I like taking flyers on you know premium picks. Now, this guy clearly has really struggled. My Someone tweeted at me, because I, I tw- or maybe DM'd me. I tweeted out a couple days ago when I saw that he was potentially available. He reminded me of Juju Smith. And someone in my DMs was like, what do you mean by that? I just met a bigger physical wide receiver who wasn't that fast. Now, Juju has had issues, but Juju has learned how to play. Because when you can't run fast, you have to do a couple things well. Play physical, you know, use your body and strength to create separation and play tough with the ball in your hand. And make contested catches. And it's been a disaster in, in with the Patriots. Like, he's been, he'd be the equivalent two years, a bust. An absolute train wreck. Especially when you factor in, they could have taken DK Metcalf. They could have taken A.J. Brown, and even they could have taken Debo Samuel. Like those guys, obviously D.K. and and A.J. are the premium guys. Debo has been really good. He just gets hurt a lot. But those guys, all three of them run circles around Nikhil's best moments, their average moments. I still like taking, one, economically, it's not that expensive. Like Kendrick Bourne, someone's going to give Kendrick Bourne like three or four million dollars a year. So could I have my third wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, a guy that was just drafted in the first round, if you go, okay, John, he was overdrafted. He still was going to go in like the second. Yeah. Like his, he was still viewed as a pretty good prospect and he's cheap. Like that to me is the way good businesses operate in the league. They go, well, we'd like to bring Kendrick Bourne back. I like him. I'd imagine he's most Niners fans do. Healthy, productive years for the Niners. But he's not, he's not like people are going to pay he's him. He's not a value. Money. No, I don't like paying him $4 million a year where I can get this guy for a quarter of that. And then hopefully play a similar role. I don't know if he can. And th- here's the way the league works, as we just talked about it. There is a decent chance Kendrick Bourne is just always a much better player than Nikki Larry, right? Yep. Even though once upon a time he was not drafted. I don't. Know, I think he's an undrafted free agent. 
But that doesn't none of that matters anymore. But the money matters and building your team matters economically. And I that's where I like it. I think it's a low value. The Raiders, Al Davis made a career of doing shit like Andy Reid's big on that. Veach, they they like the premium guys and getting for cheap. And just sometimes it doesn't work. Here's like, what I would I'm like. I'm okay about. with that. Here's what I would like about it if the Niners did it. If the Niners did it, who do you think it means they called? Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards who was a big part because we heard Herm and John Lynch both talked about their relationship, how close they are in drafting Brandon Ayuk. Maybe Kyle Don't, Shan- don't press send unless you need to ask Herm a question. That's right. And then you press send and you can press send as early as like 3.35 a.m. Herm's awake running the stadium. He'll respond. Uh, but maybe Kyle would have loved Brandon Ayuk anyway. But there's no doubt that how much Herm liked Brandon Ayuk only helped. And we've talked about this with the Niners um we've talked about it with i mean a lot of teams right you've talked about it you get in a room for a guy with you get in a room with a guy for 15 minutes you might love him too much and it can uh shade the way you feel about him well no glinchy i i can say this i know that asu from talking to people there over the last couple of years they did really like brandon Ayuk, and uh you've always said when you were scouting you just don't know how much you can trust the head coach necessarily they've got a big picture agenda but the trainer the position coach they might be more likely to give you the real the real dirt on a guy the real scoop on a guy um whereas the head coach might be more first of all doesn't necessarily work hands-on with the player every day so they might not even know him as well and uh you know they just higher higher the player gets drafted the better it looks for them yeah now the same would be said for a position coach or for a strength and conditioning coach but they, you know, their reputation's on the line when they talk to you. They want you to know that when you tell them they love a guy, that that they mean it, and that you're going to have a guy that's going to be successful. So I would imagine that I, I would imagine John Lynch has talked to Herm Edwards about Nikhil Harry and knows exactly what he thinks and knows what Herm thinks it would take for Nikhil to succeed. Right? He knows what Herm thinks Nikhil has not had in New England. Um, I don't. Is there a big history of guys that don't succeed in New England succeeding somewhere else? Players, there is a history of. Yeah, I mean it's probably pretty rare. I'm, again, I'm I'm not advocating if it's just a straight up trade, not my sweet Jimmy Stephon Gilmore additions. Mm. Like I, I'm thinking sixth, seventh round pick. Like this guy, you get yeah, enough. no, no. I, I'm you're, you're not trading if... anything approaching like the fourth round. So would you say they got three fifths? I'd be cool with trading a fifth round pick for Nikhil. I do that yesterday. Because it you is, agree. You would, that's you're not trading for him to be your number one or even your number two receiver. He's right? cheap. You get him under contract. You have, I think you have his. I would be shocked if they didn't ask Brandon Ayuk what he thinks about him. Right? Maybe they just feel more comfortable with him. He did have a lot of success for Arizona State. Like I thought that year, it really put Herm on the map. Like God, they got this guy. I understand his play speed has been an issue. I remember him playing fast at Arizona State. Like. A wide receiver screen that he cut around. Like, I, I feel like he just lost his confidence. You know, that first year with Tom Brady. Again, I, this guy might not be good, but I like taking 12, flyers. 12 catches as a rookie. Injuries. Missed the member a ton of games. You have yeah, his box score up right now from 2000. What, what was it, 2020? 20 was 14 games, started nine. Okay. 33 receptions and 57 targets. Not, not an accurate passing game that he just played with. Uh, two touchdowns. Year before was two touchdowns in seven games. Twelve oh, yeah, four touchdowns. Yeah, his touchdown to reception ratio, John. One said thirteen catches year one. A twelve. So he's got forty-five catches and four touchdowns. Not terrible. I mean, he's on good. No, you know the NBA they do per thirty-six. Yeah, like one per, per a normal season, eleven I catches. 
you know, you extrapolate that over 100 catches, John's got 10 touchdowns. (laughs) But no, seriously, if you got, if I told you you got Nikhil Harry, what you would want is his career numbers in one year. You'd want 45 catches and four touchdowns, right? Yeah. If he had just had that, his value would be much higher. Because what my guess is Kendrick Bourne was last year, 49 catches and two touchdowns. Yeah. That's what you're looking to replace. The year before, I think if they, it was 30 I also, and 5. I, I also think this guy, Juwan Jennings, might not be a player, right? He just might not be fast enough. Uh, what's his name? We did uh, the the running back. Jalen Hurd. Wide receiver. Yeah, Jalen Hurd has broken his back basically two years in a row. Uh, so that's you can't count on him. They, they, they desperately want like what I think teams look at a tight ends. They got the tight end. Right, they got the big body tight end that dominates. They don't really have the big body wide receiver. Kendrick Bourne kind of played that role, you know, tough catches over the middle, and the other two guys get to work. But maybe that's Nikhil's destiny is to just be a 45, 50 catch guy for two million dollars. They got no, that's his value, right? If they can get his one year production or you know Kendrick Bourne's production out of Nikhil at a cheaper number, it's how you build teams. And I, and this is how like. The Niners have been drafting wide receivers in the mid-rounds, and one of them got hurt, one of them's not good enough. That's normal. Maybe you just get a guy that at least shown that he can just catch 40 balls in the NFL, you think, in your offense. This is part of, again, Kyle Shanahan's salary includes these types of things. Yeah, I like this move. I love it, big picture, if they can like do it with a big package. <laughs> be like, Gilmore, a third, Garoppolo, Nikhil, Middlecoff's going to be like, oh, we got to start with Nikhil Harry. Is the uh, is the world opening up for the Las Vegas Raiders in the AFC West, John? Um, as of uh, Thursday afternoon, at least maybe four, at least three of the Chiefs' offensive line, when it's whole, is gone. Left tackle Eric Fisher gone. Right tackle Mitchell Schwartz gone. Uh, the center Eric Ryder gone. Coletio Semele, who they signed, middle of the year free agent, played for him. They are desperately trying to get under the cap. Uh, and you got a new coach in the Chargers, the Broncos. I don't, you know, whatever. They got issues. Um, you already split with the Chiefs last year. Is 2021 opening up for the Raiders in a way that maybe we didn't think it would? Well, I do think in the Super Bowl, now granted Tampa's defensive line, their worst defensive lineman is better than the Raiders' best defensive lineman. But they did show when you have a good defensive line against what the Chiefs have now on their roster, destroyed them, right? So they are – you release two of those guys. I mean, Eric Fisher has been the starter since Andy got there. It was his first ever draft pick. And Mitchell Schwartz showed up like a year or two later, and there was a stretch before he got injured, right? He had never missed a game. He had like – was the guy behind – Joe Thomas had set that record or approached the record for, you know, non-quarterback. And Mitchell had the longest, never missed a snap. Mm-hmm. He was good. I mean, he's widely viewed as just arguably the best. You know, if Lane Johnson's probably the most talented right tackle, Mitchell was just the most consistent because he never missed games. And that's just like I, the Chiefs are going to be really good. They have an elite coach and they have an elite quarterback. But like, are they 13, 14, 15 win team like they have been? Or are they more 10, 11, right? If, you know, they start a, start a rookie who opted out, they got to draft a left tackle. This to me even hammers home. I think it is a 100% lock. I will be shell-shocked if we don't see, maybe the rumors really start like Monday, Tuesday, but like when it becomes official, a Schefter rap sheet tweet, the Raiders have first big splash, 
the Las Vegas Raiders have signed Yannick Ndakwe, have signed Matt Judon to $60 million guaranteed. Like, I, how do they not spend big money on an outside pass rusher? I, I just don't see how. I actually would be more inclined now that it's like, okay, like it's, it's on, you know? Yep. It's what they like needed. you said. We already play well against them. They, in fairness to Gruden, they've played the Raiders, you know, relatively okay. Or excuse me, the, yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah, and the Broncos and the and the Chargers. The last couple of years have been true coin flip games. All those games, like their division, the Raiders suck against like the Jets and the Jags. When you when you watch them play a divisional game, even if they lose for the most part, they're always in the game. So I, I think you got, and I I support them buying a pass rusher. You just. The guy you buy better just in two years not be getting cut or traded. Well, you know, we've talked about Herbert with the Chargers. Obviously, Mahomes has been around, but we've seen Herbert. The Broncos do have a lot of have a lot of dudes on. They offense. do. They do. Yeah, I mean, but I, do you feel good about them being better this year than they were last year? No, but I think if I was a Broncos fan, I'd say, well, we always play the Raiders tut, even when we we're good or bad. Like they do. It's true. Right? Yeah, I'm just saying you cannot finish below the Broncos no 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 and at this point we love Herbert they've got good talent but Brandon their coach Staley. is a major unknown so it's not even about this I think this conversation is not even about winning the AFC West it's just about finding more wins now to counter you'd argue well they beat the Chiefs last year that was one of their eight wins was a win over the Chiefs and they beat the Broncos twice those were two of their eight wins and they uh they split with the Chargers so what is that? Uh, four and two in the league. Yeah. So that's pretty good. You would take that any year. You would take that right now if I told you the Raiders are going to be four and no, two, th- 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 three and three. Right. Lost to the Chargers. Lost to the Chiefs. Swept the Broncos. Oh, you're right. Four and two. If I told you right now the Raiders are four and two in the division, you would take that, wouldn't you? Without question. I think any team would always take four and two in their division, beside Patriots for twenty years. So, but I I I do think. The Raiders' big question mark on this team is defense. Coming up in the draft, talking to Mel, he thinks they've got to go defense, which I do believe. I think, in, I, to me, this whole offseason has to be about defense. Because if they could get their defense good, their offense their offense could be 11 or 12 win team offense. But their defense is uh, probably more like a 3 or 4 win team defense. right? So can they get that defense just up to like a 500, and then boom, they're in double-digit wins. That's the key. But as we saw, and I've been thinking a lot about this, John Gruden hasn't come, even though he's had a couple moments middle of the season, they have not come remotely close, not remotely close to making the playoffs. Like this, there was a three-game gap this year. Three games. That's a lot. I mean, that's some months, there are only four games in a month. Like that's a large percentage of games. He has to double down on what he needs, not because it feels like, oh, is he going to splurge for Nelson Aguilar? It's going to be hard to do something. You know, it's just like, do defense. Do the defense. And I I don't know. You know, does he get shell-shocked over the missing on some of the guys he just previously did? We'll see. We're going to find out. But I I expect them to buy a pass rusher, as they should. But they better that guy better not be, like, in a year, like, God, that's the most overpaid guy in the league, well, right? Yeah. If you miss on your big players, you're just not good. You're not going to be. If you miss on your picks and you miss on your free agents, how are you you're just not going to be good. That's what's happened to them, wouldn't you say? Because if they would have if they would have hit on fifty percent of the guys they missed on, they still might not have made the playoffs last year. But they win ten games, and you feel much better about them, right? That's like those guys being duds and just disappearing and just not playing 
and being terrible is the difference of being an eight-win team and a 10-win team. Historically, if you win 10 games and miss the playoffs, I have a hard time yeah, blaming yeah. you. Now, I, we'll I see agree. moving forward in the 17-game schedule what that looks like. But I think the AFC is really good, though. Right? It's really deep. The Browns being good now. Is if I said right ball. now, John, the Raiders go 10-7, and seven, you can take it or you can roll the dice. What would you do? Like, it's 10-7, and seven, the old... Nine, nine and seven. seven, so you're probably missing the playoffs most years. I don't know. I, yeah, I think the Raiders would have to take that. Three games over 500. I mean, they finished 500 this year. They want to throw a party. But you wouldn't feel good that that guarantees you a playoff spot. No, but I do think 10, if you go 10 and seven, three games over 500, that's pretty big strides from going eight, you know, an eight and eight, which is really like could have easily been a seven and nine, right? They went for two to win the last game of the season. Like they were kind of holding on for dear life coming down the home stretch. Right. They, year, right? Yeah, they beat the Broncos at the end. Before that, they had lost five of six. My, yeah, they were in shambles. They, and, and the five, the one that they won was the Jets game. Which, what did that take? Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a buzzer beater. <laughs> yeah. A, a three-quarters court buzzer beater. And the, G, and the defensive coordinator got fired. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. yeah. That was an incredible moment last year. Probably a top five NFL moment that didn't actually mean anything. It was that, right? Especially because part of it was like, oh my, there's rugs. Yeah. Right. But also like the Raiders at that time were treading in the right direction and they were going to lose to the Jets and the Jets were going undefeated. Actually, it was also a little sign that the Jets were probably a little better. They were starting to play a little better yeah. than I think they had played earlier in the season. Yeah. Racked up a couple wins because Sam Darnold would be like, I beat the Rams a couple weeks later. Yeah, I mean, right. you're right. They had lost two, but the game before that, two games before that was losing to the Chiefs by four. All right. But then they got blown out by the Falcons. You're like, what? I think we gave them a little bit of a, like, okay, you get sure, the one year. And, they were six and five at that point. Wasn't the Falcons game like 45 to six? 43. Oh, my God. That was a curb stomping, I remember. Yeah. Like, are they really going out like this? Oh, you're right, because it was right after the Chiefs game. The Raiders were feeling themselves. Everyone's blowing Derek. They played the Atlanta Falcons, and it was a blood. I think Derek, remember Dubow tweeted, it's one of the worst games by a starting quarterback ever. It's like five turnovers, sounds, yeah. multiple fumbles, a pick six. That's right. Try to scrub so, yeah, that game I mean, from my memory. Yeah, me too. Maybe I, just I, the I, stars I are, maybe some things are aligning, but they still got to do their thing. They got to make yeah. it happen. And they got a lot of money. I mean, they've cut all these guys. They have a lot of cap room. Yeah. Like, I, don't you think they're going to have a $20 million player? I don't That's, know if the guy's worth $20 million, but they're going to pay a guy $20 million. Bucks. I, and you know what? I, don't, I won't blame them at all. No, and if you're like Judon or Yannick, they'll probably be selling you, who, or whoever the guy is they target. Like, you're the guy we need. And that's not even counting the, the Sherman, the Richard Sherman impending edition. If they get Richard Sherman, what would you guess his contract is? $5 million bucks mm. one year? No, I just I look. If you told me, back up for a second. If you said, "What do you think Richard Sherman signs for?" You take that number, then you say he signed with the Raiders. You add two million, so seven. seven. Yeah, incentives to hit ten. That's right. No, it's a great point. Pro Bowl, it's going to be thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, he's his own agent. Can you go over the cap after the Pro Bowl? Well, you can go like the the bonuses follow on to the next cap. So if you have a good season and a bunch of guys hit a bunch of bonuses, it kind of screws you the following mm. year. But, you know, NFL teams don't ever worry about that. No. Like, yeah, we'll give you a $7 million bonus if you catch 180 balls. <laughs> and the guy catches 180 balls. You're like, oh, we'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a he was a deal. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so we got a uh, mailbag coming up on Saturday. 
Think how many Super Bowl bonuses Brady's hit. Then Most people just get like, less. oh, Super, Super, yeah, Super Bowl champion will give you a $2 million bonus. Brady's hit that like for the last like seven years. <laughs> if you're He's a like, team, yeah, you'd you, almost you rather have a college give... fund? Yeah, just Super Bowl bonuses. <laughs> I can send my kids anywhere. That should be the name of his boat. <laughs> Super Bowl bonus? Super Bowl bonus. <laughs> did you hear sweet. did you hear him talking about the trophy toss? Uh did he did he feel bad, I think he said? Well he just yeah, he was like he was like I, I mean he basically made like I was hammered. Like what do you he goes, the only person that thought it was a bad idea was my seven year old daughter. He's like, if you hear she yells like, No He's like, you know it's just a bad situation if the only person thinking clearly is a seven year old child. <laughs> yeah. I, I think here's the thing in one of those parades. Anything. I'm sorry. I don't judge you on a parade actions, right? Do you remember Jr. was like climbing stuff without a shirt on? Oh, like, yeah. You are so intoxicated. You and I went and to a high parade. Joy. You, people don't understand. Parades aren't like you know. It's at eight o'clock at night. No, they they kick off like nine a.m. After you've been partying for forty eight hours. Yeah, and you just these guys start drinking at probably like seven eight a.m. You're in the sun. The party buses take them. Yeah. It, the, the the you think about what goes. What pumps through your blood when you play a football game in front of 80,000 people or 65,000 people? A parade, it's like 400,000 people. I know. It's got to right? be pretty It's sick. like half a million people, some of these things. And then at the I end, they want going you to talk. <laughs> I remember going home from our radio show the last time the Giants won it in 14 and just the street, like uh, on Market Street, it was fucking mayhem. And that was their third in five years. Clearly didn't sniff the other two. And that, I just remember, this is crazy. The Warriors one was just like one th- five-hour contact high. Yeah, the Warriors one, that was their first one. Yeah. Yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> a lot of weed. Somebody sent me a picture like you did six months a lot ago of, weed, of us at yeah, that some, thing. I would imagine there's a lot of weed just naturally at a parade. Right? It's outside. Sports team. Yeah. And now it's legal. Yeah, well, and that, but I just mean like people are used to smoking outside. It's the alcohol outside that's w- a little weird. Yeah. Which I've always pushed back, and especially over Corona, because a lot of like, uh, you know, w- you get to go cups, mm-hmm. which is genius. Why, why, if you're over 21, can't you walk around with a to go cup? Because you can't like Vegas. I wonder if that's a rule that I could see that change in the next decade. The one I don't ever get is like, how is putting it in a brown bag somehow a protection against anyone knowing what you're doing? It's 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 like setting up a flare. I know. <laughs> like it looks worse. I used to work a guy in construction, dude from Boston. When I was a freshman in college, he was like the lead foreman, and he always would get two tall boys on the drive home and drink it out of the brain brown bag in, in traffic between his legs. It's like we know what's in the bag. Yeah, if like it was a regular can, it would, especially now where there's like nine trillion different energy drinks, they all everything looks. I know, you know. You got you got Heineken out here making non alcoholic drinks. Make commercials with a guy sitting in a convertible drinking it. It's like, of course you got pulled over. It's, it looks like a Heineken. <laughs> like, moron. Do you need a Heineken that bad? The taste? That's what we're all chasing. Anyone's listening from Heineken, we'd love to. Well, yeah, all in. On alcoholic, non alcoholic. You know, we're here, <laughs> open for biz. All right. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Later. Adios. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.